Welcome to the Native and the Transplant. I'm your native, Alex Johnson. And I'm your transplant, Jen Bryant. Jen, another year in, a new season. Ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. Fantastic. In this episode, we are going to dive into a couple of different things that have transpired since we've been off the air. A massive fire in Boulder County that we're going to talk about. Loveland City Council, always a good time for popcorn. And then we've got a wonderful guest coming up, Daniel Schneider with Country Financial, but also he's developed this run for your life. So I'm excited to talk to Daniel Schneider and find out all of the info and what what happened to him to cause him to get to this point. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that interview. So, awesome. But before we do that, let's definitely thank our sponsor. Our sponsor for this episode is Aslan Home Lending. And actually, myself, Alex Johnson with Aslan Home Lending, NMLS 1368147, and NMLS for Aslan Home Lending is 1868120. So with everything that's going on in the new year, if you are looking for your first house or your dream house or looking for a cash out refinance to put in that new kitchen, finish your basement, put in a new backyard, definitely reach out to me. You can reach me at 970-685-0183. Again, 970-685-0183. Or email me at alexj at aslanhlc.com. Awesome. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and dive right into the Marshall Fire in Boulder? I thought we were going to talk about the new year to start it off before oh, we yeah, get I guess a little we bit. Should. Let's let's not do a Debbie Downer first. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So. Um. Okay. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Yes. Happy season three. Is this? Or this is this is, season two. No. This is episode one of season three of the Native and the Transplant. That's what my that's what my math said. So. All yeah. right. Awesome. We've got a new logo out. We've got a new design. We've got more social media that's going to be coming out. I'm excited for it. Yeah, kudos to you, Alex. That design is awesome. I'm loving it. Perfect. It's, it, you did a nice job with it. Thank you. Yeah, so, all right. So, I have a question for you. Shoot. What is your New Year's resolution? New Year's resolution, uh, $100 million. Oh, yes. Um, I'd like to change my resolution. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I actually have quite a few different uh, resolutions this year, and a lot of them are for business uh, business success, for success of this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, for success of being able to say success better in this podcast. So um, that, <laughs> I'm struggling, but it's all right. It's, it's always a good time. Uh, but some of the other stuff is definitely dealing with health-related stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. obviously most of us, you know, we put on the COVID-19 and uh, like to get that off again and be able to start doing some different running. And Daniel, our guest today, is actually part of the reason why I'm going to be starting to do some running, and you'll hear about that later on in the episode. But I'm going to throw it back to you. What what is your resolution for this year? Well, I have two of them. The first is relating, of course, to the podcast, and I think just um, bringing more to the table. I, You know, we always bring what we have to the table, but I think um, listening to some more pieces of news, gathering that evidence and really uh, giving myself that opportunity to, to present better material for our, our listeners. Um, that's the first one. Um, but the second one personally, as actually kind of a self-care goal, I just realized that, you know, the, the last couple of years have been very hard, especially career-wise for me and family-wise. Um, and, and just really taking that time to take a step back and ask is it necessary that I put energy towards that and then trying to come up with a positive view on how I'm going to proceed in whatever situation it is? So improving the delicate art of saying no. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because the thing is, is that, you know, um, I think you know this about me. I'm the kind of person that if you call, if you need something, I'm, I'm right there. And not to say that I'm going to stop doing those things, but um, my mother-in-law actually gave me some advice many years ago. She said, never do anything for anybody that you will resent them for. Huh. And I, I've had to really kind of take stock of that. So I'm, I'm just trying to, to do that. And then of course the health aspect of it and, and really focusing on and helping myself feel better. So awesome piece of it right there. I like oh. it. Oh. I like it. And I'm excited for this year, you know, as, as you saw all of the memes go across Facebook and Instagram and everything else that were saying, nobody, nobody state that 2022 is going to be your year, but you know what? I'm for the first time in a long time, I'm very optimistic. And so I'm looking forward to this year and what it has to hold. I am too. And you know, I feel like we can start fresh. It's the dawn of a new day. Let's just do it. 
You know? Fantastic. Sounds like a good time. Yes. So <laughs> now let's dive into the Marshall Fire. Yes. Because the Marshall Fire, that is a tragedy that hit northern Colorado, hit Boulder County very, very hard the day before New Year's. Yeah, just in a couple of hours, too. I mean, the loss of over a 1,000 homes. And and I don't know about you, but my Facebook feed is filled with friends who have lost everything. And, yeah. you know, it's amazing because you see these people that literally lost everything they've ever owned in their entire lives, and they're trying to help other people. Yeah. You know, I think that's what's cool about uh, Colorado communities is that, that that's how people focus is how do I help others. Well, and this one – Dealing with the Marshall Fire, especially in Boulder County, um, it brought up some different emotions because there were some emotions as far as there were a couple of communities that they were all million-dollar-plus homes, Mm -hmm. and a majority of those people are going to be just fine. They're going to cash their insurance check. They're going to be able to rebuild. They're going to be able to to move on. The part that hit me the most was the hotels Mm -hmm. that got hit. And the apartment buildings that got hit yeah. right after Christmas, right before the new year, right as snow came in. Right. You know, we go through all of December, it's 60, 70, 80 degrees outside. And then now we're at record low temperatures. <laughs> and they have no homes. Exactly. Well, and as much as we were begging for that snow to come in right after this catastrophic event, it's it's a, it's a double-edged sword because – now the property that has burnt down, if there's anything in there that's salvageable at all, it is now soaking wet. Yeah. Now you have the, the moisture aspect of it that yeah. has come into play, which it's, you know, it's just a horrific situation. Um, and even today, so one of the things that been watching a lot of our politicians, news feeds and that sort of stuff, and it was interesting, the responses, Biden came in to fly over the burn area today, President Biden. And every single news station that put that out and put the live feed out, the comments were atrocious. Were they? Absolutely atrocious. And it's, I'm, I'm not a fan of the Biden administration. Not I will my favorite. No qualms about that. Um, but just seeing everything that people are saying and then attacking their neighbors, you know, you'd have one person that's saying, Hey, thank you for at least showing up. Yeah. And they would be obliterated as far as all of the comments because of that comment. And so it was just a sad state of affairs that this tragedy that has occurred is just continuing that angst and continuing that divide that we've had throughout our nation throughout the last year. Right. And this is not a situation that needs to be politicized. No. This is people's homes and lives. And so, and some of the stuff that's happening now is you have um, XL, uh, sorry, XL, Exxon, not XL. Yeah, XL Energy. Yeah, yeah, XL that, Energy. Um, w- they were thinking that it was down power lines that started the Marshall Fire. Yeah. And now it has been completely put off that. And now it's at the point where they issued search warrants for the 12 tribes. Are you, you familiar with the story? Yeah, so the 12 tribes religious sect, um, and I was reading some more on it today, but just a couple of days after the fire, there was some discussion as to, you know, they one of the main things that they were filming live on the news was that compound. So it's a religious sect. Um, it was founded, I believe, in the 60s, 1963, I think. I'll double check the date on that. Yeah. Um, but it was founded and it's a, a heavy, it's like a sort of an offshoot of Christianity. Um, okay. Very strict religious rules and things like that. But apparently they were burning something at their compound in 105 mile an hour winds. That seems... You know, safe. Yeah, what are we burning? <laughs> I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. It, so we're going to have a, a, a massive fire that's going to burn down a thousand homes. So uh, according to the Denver Post, they actually have um, seize control, authorities have seized control of the property. Um, and of course, as they said, it's being complicated by weather. It's kind of messy, obviously. Um, but they are investigating whether the fire um, might have potentially started on their property. Wow. Yeah. I mean, definitely that's, burning embers. It was not down fire lines, though. Well, or, I'm sorry, uh, power lines. Yeah. And that's that's a game changer for a lot of people. And I hope that there is insurance money. Um, that's, again, one of the things that you always look at with these tragedies is what's going to happen with the insurance companies. Yeah. Are they going to pay out? Are they going to make people whole again? Well, and you know, the, the thing is, is that, um, oh, so just real quick for clarity, um, 12 Tribes was founded in 1972 by Eugene Spriggs in Chattanooga, Tennessee, 
Tennessee as a new sect of Christianity that blended his personal beliefs with elements of both Christianity and Judaism. So it's kind of a blending of those Got two. Okay. Well, one thing that I want people to think of when they are, are donating and giving time and money, all of those things, make sure that before you do those things that you talk to the organizations that are there helping. And the reason I say that is because in many instances, and including the Windsor tornado, um, churches were going in and cleaning up and doing work in these houses because, of course, it's raining now, right? You just had this catastrophic tornado come through. And the people whose insurance companies were basically refusing to pay certain portions of that were saying, well, you had a big church come and help you. You don't need all that money. So mm-hmm. please, I know it's just grifters and yeah. horrible practices. But please make sure that those things that you're doing are approved by the person and that they are very aware of how that's going to come to them and how they have to deal with that donation. Well, and even to go a step further on that is when you start to rebuild, Yes. make sure that you're using reputable, reputable people. Exactly. It's amazing. Again, you bring up the Windsor tornado that occurred. Shoot. That's been over 10 years ago now, yeah. Yeah, it's been. but how many fly by night roofing companies came in to be able to repair and fix roofs and people were left where they got the insurance money to get it done. And the, these fly by night people yeah. took the money and ran. Right. And so I, I just, I, I, there's always going to be something like that when this kind of thing happens. Just be very cautious because it just would be heartbreaking. I think the saddest thing for me is seeing all these little animals that people are looking for. Yeah. Makes me really sad. Yeah. So then let's go to the lighter side of things. As far as Loveland city council never ceases to disappoint as far as popcorn material. I know. Seriously. Wow. I have never seen a city council throughout my life be this, entertaining to watch truly entertaining to watch yeah for sure entertaining but boy it is frustrating i'll tell you that so one of the interesting things that um kind of there's some chatter online about is that um john fogel was trying to get some things changed as far as how people are making their public comments so when you go to a council meeting you show up and and you get your three minutes and if there's somebody that multiple people want them to speak on their behalf. They're, they can cede that three minutes of time. It's up to 15 minutes. So that would be f- four people and then the person who's going to speak. Yeah. But Fogel kind of had this conversation, I guess, that he didn't necessarily want people to be able to conglomerate that time, first of all, or if there were, say, five people that all had kind of the same thing they wanted to talk about and they all wanted to go in a certain order, that they would sort of shuffle them around so they couldn't. What is that about? I'm not sure. And the most disappointing aspect of this is the fact that Max Levy is no longer with the Reporter Herald. Um, so I know he took another position, I believe, down in Aurora. I think so. And yeah. um, so it, I, Not Longmont. It's not Longmont. No. Um, but I wish him the best of luck. But it is frustrating that already we are seeing a decline in the level of reporting from our city council. And so we'll have to step up our game a little bit just to make sure that we're bringing you the news. Yeah, pretty as much. As far as what's happening. Yeah, I'd say every Tuesday night I'm going to have to either attend or listen to those meetings online because we need to see what's happening. I mean, and, and obviously we don't, as a podcast, we try to cover all of northern Colorado, but Loveland has been pretty... That's an easy way of putting it. Good word. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're looking at Northern Colorado, you don't see, you don't see this type of city council at Estes Park. You don't see it. Um, again, a lot of it, part of the reason why it's so tumultuous is because Loveland is split 50 50. 100%. Yeah. And so when you have 50 50 split, it can create some trying times <laughs> to yeah. put it as, as kindly as possible where Fort Collins, you don't see it nearly as much because they just kind of bulldoze through what they want to push and what they want done. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we saw that most certainly with the fracking stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the other things I guess that um, some council members were proposing is that the council, instead of it being a mayoral vote, that the council should pick the mayor for the city um, because the council member might have a better idea of how to pick this leader. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about that, but that is something that we definitely need to uh, yeah. do a little bit more research on and bring to the table because that 
that can cause an awful lot of controversy. Well, especially when you have, like you said, 50-50 split and you've got council members that are at each other's throats all the time. Well, and especially with Loveland City Council, when's the last time that you've heard of another city council where a councilman or a councilwoman won by one or three votes? Exactly. So, and you have that on council right now within Loveland where you have uh, Mallow who won by one and you have uh, Andrea Sampson who won by three. Yep. So, and then you've got... um, Again, two years. Is it two years before the next election? I think, yeah. Yeah. For so. the, well, and this is, well, I tell you, this is going to be really interesting how this plays out. And, and I think something that we, we say over and over and over is, you know, there, it, there's always that push to vote on the national level. We have our presidential races, all of those things. But if you're not voting at your local level, you really need to sit up and pay attention because these things affect you as a community. Very much so. And and whether or not it affects the national level comes down to us. Yes, at some at some point, but we can also control what happens through our own communities. And this is where we live. We need to be paying yeah. attention. Through city council, through you know, the school board, through Big all time. of it, we need to be paying attention. Um and speaking of national level, this is we're getting ready to ramp up because this is gonna be the midterms. Mm-hmm. And there's already an awful lot of speculation going into the midterms, but this is the first time that Larimer County is split into three different congressional districts. Yeah, this is so going to be interesting. So you have Larimer County that's going to be a part of Larimer County in CD2, a part of Larimer County in CD4, and a part of Larimer County in the new CD8. So Larimer County is, you know, not only a hotbed of some political discussion, but also we are very, very purple. Big time. And so when you have that playing into everything else that's going on at a state level and at a national level, it's going to be an interesting year for elections. It is. And I would actually like you to go back to what you mean by Larimer County's purple. Larimer County is very purple. So overall, Larimer County, I believe there's a total of 72,000 registered Democrats. There's about 67,000 registered Republicans and 140,000 registered independents. Correct. So because of that, it is very, very purple where you can't guarantee you one person or the other person. And when you get a little bit lower than just the county, as far as when you get into Loveland or Fort Collins, you can kind of pick out, okay, this person's going to vote this way. This person's going to vote that way. But when you come to the national level, that changes everything. Drastically. Yes. And especially with how they split it up because you have Loveland and Wellington that are now part of CD4. You have Berthed, part of CD8, and then you have kind of the rest of it into CD2. Mm-hmm. It'll be an interesting year for the elections. Yeah, this is going to be one to sit up and take notice on. Very much so. Yeah. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines, I encourage you to get involved. I encourage you to run for a seat. I encourage you to to actually put forth the effort. And if you don't want to run, perfectly fine, but support somebody. Be involved and understand exactly what what is actually going on within our system and our society right now. Well, and I would even add on to that. If you don't want to run, pay attention, attend meetings, see what's happening in your communities and really get involved. Because even if you don't feel like you're called to that leadership position, you still have a voice in that. I mean, these, these are our elected officials and they are there to represent what we want. Yeah. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) sorry Um, hey that's perfect allegedly yeah that's unfortunately kind of the case it is true so yeah yeah but well let's let's go on to a little bit of the lighter side of things and uh we've got a wonderful guest coming up so we've got uh daniel schneider with country financial um and run for your life so here is that interview and we are lucky enough to have our first guest. We kind of made mention of this on our last episode of season two of 2021. And with this being our first episode, we needed a little bit of inspiration to start us off. So we've got Daniel Schneider with us. So Daniel Schneider is a financial advisor with Country Financial. But Daniel, you have had quite the 2021 in a manner in which not many other people did. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, <laughs> it started off with a bang, if you will. Um, yeah. 
Before we dive into your story, we do have our first question that we always have to ask every single one of our guests. Being that we are here at the Native and the Transplant podcast, are you a Native or are you a transplant? I am proudly a Native of Colorado. I was born in Greeley and promptly moved to northeastern Colorado where I grew up in Sterling. Most of my family's from the surrounding farming communities out there. And then when I was I went to Northeastern Junior College out there. And then when I was 20, I moved up here to CSU where I met my wife, who's also a native. And uh, we have been living here and together for 15, 16 years now. Wow. Nice. Two natives. It's rarity. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Isn't that the truth? That's great. So awesome. So I want to just give you an opportunity to just kind of take it away and tell your story. And then we'll dive into how everything that you went through has taken you on an entirely different path. And the great, the great opportunities that you're now starting to, to branch out into. Sure. And thanks, you know, for both you and Jen having me here. Um, you alluded to it earlier, uh, almost a year ago to the day. Today is the 7th of January. Um, last year, J- January 10th, 2021, uh, my wife and I were traveling back from a birthday party with our two kids in the back seat. Um, she was driving, I was sitting in the passenger seat. And just, we were a few miles from home on the interstate right there at the Harmony exit and traveling northbound. Southbound traveling, there was a tractor or a, a pickup pulling a trailer, they think, and it had the dual set of tires on the back. And one of the wheels, lug nuts and all, had snapped off of that trailer and jumped the median traveling southbound. And it landed um, on me. Literally, it landed on the windshield and the top of our Highlander. Um, and you can imagine the damage. It exploded into my face. It smashed into my upper part of my head and by the grace of god alone katie was able to keep the car from rolling um the kids were generally unharmed in the back physically my son had some damage to his face but i fortunately or unfortunately took the brunt of the damage Um, a lot of uh, trauma to the eyes to the face to the mouth um, into my chest and so um, we it was uh it was it was a really traumatic start to the to the year, yeah. as you can imagine. It gave me, you know, really a, a good, great appreciation for our first responders in hindsight. Katie got us to the side of the road. Katie's my wife. I should mention that. But she got us to the side of the road and somehow stayed calm enough to dial 911, was speaking to the operator there. And from the time that she hit send till the time that somebody was with me was six minutes. Wow. Wow. That's pretty good response time. Yeah, it's fantastic uh-huh. response time. And to, you know, you think about it now, it's incredibly fast. And in the moment, if you've ever tried to sit still for six minutes, it's kind of difficult to do. But when you have no idea, I had no idea what it did to the extent of the damage, simply because the amount of glass that had taken over my face and gotten to my eyes, I still live with the glass particles in my eyes today. Oh, gosh because they just can't get to it but with all of that being said you are looking at one of the luckiest people in the world because i walked away from it with as you can see a year later only minor cosmetic damage um i have to wear a contact in my eye to give me some of my vision back and then i live with a little bit of a numb tongue but besides that if you didn't know what happened you'd never know just by looking at it yeah not at all i mean no and so from that, I got, I had some, you know, terrific support and community reach out. Um, my wife was by my side the entire time and we had tons of family and friends helping out with the kids, making dinner and stuff. We had incredible trauma nurses there at, uh, PVA or UC health on, Pro, on uh, LeMay. And, uh, I just, I've reached out to each one of them individually. I just think the world of what they did and how they were able to take care of me. And I still, to this day, have no idea what they look like because I, I couldn't see. Um, and this was at the height of the January COVID peak last year. So Katie, my wife was coming in and out and, and getting us all together. So we get through the trauma of all that. 
you know, a quick little $70,000 stay at the hotel there, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Real cheap and inexpensive. Yeah. Yeah. Reasonable price. That's, that's where I work in the insurance and financial services world. So I, I know all too well that you'd rather pay the pennies up front for the thousands and thousands of dollars on the backside. And I had placed us in a, a position that we were okay. We were fortunate enough to be in a, in a financially stable position to not have to endure that out of straight out of our pocketbook. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it took several months to fully recover uh, and get back to some sort of normalcy. Um, I didn't get all of my vision back until mid June. And now I think, you know, I count my blessings every day that I'm allowed to put in that contact lens. Um, and so once I was back stable on my feet uh, and back in business, I had to count my blessings, but how, how could we make a bigger impact? How could I make a bigger impact on myself? I mean, laying in a hospital bed is not fun and it gives you plenty of time. Laying in bed is not fun when you don't want to, when you're forced to. <laughs> yeah. Monday morning, right? So Katie, my wife has always been the one who signs up for races, five uh, Ks and she's done the tribella and she's very motivating. And finally, I, I jumped on board with her. So she's run the Fortitude here in Fort Collins up around CSU um, every year since its inception. And the Fortitude is a 10K race that's put on. It's part of the Boulder Boulder series. So the Boulder Boulder 10K kicks off the running season, if you will, in at Folsom. And then the Fortitude ends the running season, quote unquote. So we started, I started training with her. And I always looked at running as a punishment. <laughs> Growing up in sports, you know, it was always sprints and everything. But when you have to run a long distance, it's not because you did the right thing. It's either conditioning or you missed signs or whatever. So yep. it's a little bit of retraining myself in thought process. But once we did that, we started getting on a regimen. It became something I looked forward to. And along the way, we said, well, 10K is not good enough. Let's do the Colfax half marathon, because if you're going to go through a little, why not go through a lot? Um, and so. So are you just a glutton for punishment now, or is, is, <laughs> is this what happened? <laughs> it seems like it. I'm turning out there. I, I'm not one of those people. I, I've come across them. that's ultra marathoners and, and those that can really put down some impressive times. I'm not there. And I don't believe I ever will be there. But what I did find, I found the, the joy in the training found the joy in bettering myself and uh, along the way you kind of find your stride pun intended of how, how you want to be i'm an ordinary ordinary joe that can just get out there and beat the pavement for a little bit but i'm not like i said i'm not going to break any records well in this training other people found out about it and another uh, representative for country had sponsored a race in in Greeley called the superhero 5k that was the following weekend after the fortitude. So I thought it was a great opportunity to continue my um, training and, you know, running for a cause. I didn't know too much about it at the time, but I said, yeah, of course I'll be there. And so Kate and I signed up for it. And after looking into it and finding out what the beneficiary of that race was and why it was being put on, I had this little idea that started to, started to formulate inside my head of this might be something that we could, we could get on board with that's going to continue to motivate us. A lot of people, myself included, you start off on a training regimen or an idea of this is how I'm going to be fit. And then after a couple of months and you get minimal results or you get some results, you fall off because of any number of reasons, but you give up on yourself and then you have to gear back up and do it all over again. And, and there goes the cycle. Well, I thought maybe we could get ahead of that, but Back to the, the superhero 5K, um, people dress up like superheroes, and there's capes and masks and the whole lore, and, and it couldn't be a more fitting title for what it is because this particular race, the superhero 5K, was all for the benefit of life stories. And life stories is the parent company, the CASA, you know, child appointed, uh, court appointed special advocate. And for those of you who are, I don't know if the two of you are. are yeah, the CASA helps out with Harmony House and a couple of the other 
um, things within Fort Collins, Loveland, all over Northern Colorado, it seems like. Yeah. Yes. And, and, you know, Cody and Sharon and all of those, those folks over there, um, had a chance to have a conversation with them. And like I said, superheroes could not be a more fitting term because what they see and what they deal with on a daily basis, and they do it with a smile on their face, it, it makes you take a step. It made me take a step back and really say that, yes, these people are superheroes. And why have I never heard about something like this before? Because we're all on social media we're all up to date. We listen to the podcasts and what the popular temperament of the, of the day is. And then, you know, wonderful people like you sit around and, and contemplate it, disagree, agree, and, and get the opinions out there. Um, but these people didn't have the platform that I, I was seeing it on. And if there's a lot of people like me, the ordinary Joes and Janes who aren't super worried about running hundreds of miles, but can run a race, they're probably similar to me in the same aspect that they'd never heard about anything like this, because if you haven't gone through it, how would you know about it? No. So then I started to roll the idea around in my head, and I, I talked with the people involved with Life Stories and said, all right, I want to come up with something that we can put together and start to get a little bit more visibility, maybe bring some money your way. And it's all your fault because of the race and everything. And as I'm driving home, I'm <laughs> up, it to my head, the... Uh, I think it's Iron Maiden song, Run for the Hills, was jamming on my radio as I was driving back from Greeley. And I was taking the back roads. And there's a part of the chorus that yells, run for your life. And so it just stuck. And I couldn't get it out of my head. So it's like, all right, it's going to be the run for your life campaign. It fits in very well with my industry because in the insurance and financial services, life insurance is a huge part of what I base my my business off of it's a big part of every foundation i talk about and thankfully i didn't have to use it but my family almost had to take advantage of policies that i've set up for myself mm-hmm. yeah. thankfully we they would have had it but i'm even more thankful that they didn't have to use it at all so all of these ideas came to mind and i said okay there there it is it's run for your life and inspired by you know Iron Maiden. So we'll just keep rocking all the way. <laughs> so I started to reach out to people within, you know, my sphere of influence, Alex being one of them. He's a trusted friend and, and, and a colleague and advisor. And I bounced ideas off of him uh, as to, you know, could, could you see this taking off? It was a resounding yes across the board, across everyone I've spoken to of, yes, we want to be involved. We can get involved when you get, when this thing gets legs, let us know because we want to become involved. So that put a lot of pressure on me because I said, "Uh oh, this good idea might be really good. Let's see what we can do with it. So it couldn't just be about business. It couldn't just be about running. It had to have, it had to sit on four pillars of strength, giving and altruism. And that has to be the number one, number one, A, B, C, D foundational structure that we're looking at here um so do you guys have any questions for me up to here do you want me to just jump into kind of what it is yeah jump into it as far as what are these four pillars that you founded uh this run for your life okay so uh the first one obviously because we're highlighting races is going to be um health and community i want northern colorado selfishly for myself to feel even more like a small town and I know we have transplants that are moving here every single day. And some people. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. I've been here for like 30 years. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And be upset at it or not, you have to accept the fact that it's happening. And it's yep. just going to get better and better because we live in a wonderful community. And we have a lot of really great people here. There's a reason that people are flocking to this part of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because of the scenic views and it's not just because of any of the things. It's the people. It's the culture. I know that that's a people might say there isn't one. I strongly disagree. There are folks who really, really care about each other up here and it's not Denver and nothing against Denver at all, but Denver is the metropolis and we're trying to stay a small community. And so how do we do that? interacting with one another what better way than to get out there and and take a stroll for a few miles 
few kilometers, you know, whether it's one, three, five, or 13 or 26 or more, that's a great way for us to do it. So health and community is one. The second is interpersonal relationships within business. Okay. So with myself as a, as a business owner with country financial, I'm constantly trying to do, um, meet more influential people, meet more influential businesses that those that have come before me who are already doing great things and learn from them and, and try and, and be exposed to the same, um, morals and, and people that they surround themselves with. So that was a simple one. Just reach out because if I love what you're doing, I know that I can replicate it. And if two of us are doing it, we can make it even better. The third one is um, there's beneficiaries for every race, just like with life stories. I had no idea that the money that we donated to the race or gave to the race was going to go to help such a wonderful cause. So the more people I can get signed up for these races to come run it with me. And that's the thing. I'm going to run every one of these races I promote. Um, I can get into more of that later, but I'm not taking any race off any month and, because I truly love it. And I think that there's value in that. So the beneficiaries are the race. And then the fourth one and the most important, maybe not most important, but the one I'm going to highlight the most is just like with life stories and just like with CASA, there are so many nonprofits and local charities that are small teams, two, five, 10 people that are doing the work of 20, 50, a hundred mm. and stretching a dollar, 10 miles. And we don't know about them. No. Or maybe we do only a little no. bit. And I want to partner up with them and say, you don't, you don't owe us anything other than a couple of clicks on your computer. I want to bring as many eyes as I can exposed to what you're doing. I want to bring as many people because I can't give everyone $10,000. Not yet. One day I hope to. <laughs> that's my case and that's my that's my way. But maybe I can come across somebody who can give that much money or a, a larger sum of money and help these local nonprofits and charities flourish in times when they need them. Nothing against the big, you know, United Ways and, and the likes of those. I still I think the Red Cross they're, they're doing great. They're not hurting for money the same way that some of these other charities are. Yeah, and they've got full teams behind them that are out there fundraising. It's the smaller local nonprofits that are struggling, are the ones that, especially now more than ever, need help. Yeah, if you can give traction to the little guys, then that actually makes a bigger difference in the communities than it does for even the larger organizations. So I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And so those are the four pillars that it's all based on. Um, Selfishly, I get a lot out of this. I get the community, I get the involvement, I get to try and stay healthy. It makes me make better decisions at dinner time, although December was kind of tough. <laughs> but it truly does make a difference. So there's a selfish part in that. It does help me. Uh, and, and by meeting these people, I'm making my world better. And, and so, yes, selfishly, that does help me that way. Um, we've already begun the charitable donation portion of it. And through country, you know, I wanted to kick this off the right way with some bigger funds. And this will all be coming out. Um, our website goes live. Hopefully, I'm hoping on the one-year anniversaries, which is Monday. And that's where it's going to be a big kickoff. But I was able to meet um, the first responders from the ambulance and the first responders from the firefighters who showed up and literally saved my life. And to them, it was just Sunday. And they, they had an impact that will forever change my life. And I had no idea what any of them looked like, like I had said before. So just a few weeks back, I was able to meet them in person, shake their hands and give them a hug and, and truly express how thankful I was. Uh, Katie was right there with me. Of course, she's, she's the rock in all of this. She always has been. Um, but we were able to, through the, some help from country financial corporate side, I was able to donate uh, $2,000 to the paramedic uh, scholarship foundation, which they use to help their EMTs and their, and their hirees go through school. And Andrew shell was the gentleman who showed up and helped me. And he was the one who got me on the, the medication right away. Um, I remember his voice right away. He used that foundation. To oh, wow. Had no oh. idea. 
and and Maria was the other EMT and she was fantastic. She, she helped my daughter. Um, and then with the firefighters, we were able to, uh, give to their foundation as well. The UCL firefighter foundation. Uh, I don't know specifically how they use the money, but again, I was able to meet the captain, um, and still waiting to meet the other two members and just express to them. Like, I know you guys see all this crazy stuff. It, it, you might not always get the gratuity that you should, or maybe you don't think is necessary, but believe me, it's more heartfelt than we can ever express. And they were very grateful of it. They were very appreciative of it. And the fact that they did say, yeah, I mean, we don't always get to see the, the good outcome. Yeah. You, I mean, Jen, you probably in the, working in the hospitals, you know, it's not always, it's not always a positive outcome. Correct. Yeah. For me to have this second chance or 50th, depending on how you're counting my <laughs> experiences and be able to give back, I, I, it's my calling. It's my, my newfound desire to keep that going for forever, if I can. And being that we're starting or that you're really kind of kicking this off in January, is is there some aspect of it that, you know, you, anybody who set one of those New Year's resolutions that <laughs> want to be healthier, that they want to get involved in this? Because now at that point in time, you have an entire community around you that says, hey, you've got these races that are coming up every single month that you got to be a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. And in just like with those New Year's resolutions, if you're just telling them to yourself, it's easy to stop. You can do one and, and count yourself as, well, I did it. And then when February comes around or maybe week three or week four or heck, even day three or day four, uh, you give up because maybe you, you don't think that anybody else might care. And so that's where the community aspect of this comes in. Of you know, We highlight the race. So the first race is the Polar Plunge. Uh, it's the Polar Plunge and the Polar Bear 5K, which is a run around horse tooth. And then um, if you so choose, you can jump right into the water. It's supposed to be a nice 33 degrees that day. And I fully intend on doing both. Um, and so I, I'm looking for people, you know, to join me. But if that's not your race, there's several other areas uh, in Greeley, in Berthoud, in Loveland, in Windsor. All these running programs have races throughout the year. Maybe you don't want to do 12. Maybe you want to do three. Or maybe you only want to do two. On the website, through our social media and through our partnerships, we're going to be highlighting all of the races around town, around northern Colorado. So if you can't make the polar plunge, but you can make the catch me if you can in February, fantastic. We'll have. So, I'm going to pause you for just a minute. But, um, what is the date of that polar, uh, polar plunge? It is January 22nd, Alex. It's going to be um, January 22nd, Saturday. It kicks off early in the morning. Um, 9 a.m. is the packet pickup, and then 10 a.m. is the start. Okay. And then 11 to 2 is the plunge. So you get a little time to work yourself up into getting in there and getting cool. <laughs> green events here in northern Colorado. Um, they have uh, Lisa Sinclair she has one race per month lined up and they're all, you know, there's so much work that goes into behind the scenes of putting these races together that, uh, it's, it's going to be just a wonderful event. We just did their sweaty sweater run in December. And, uh, temperature well, especially when it was, you know, 70, 80 degrees outside, I imagine it was definitely extra sweaty. <laughs> yeah. It was 18 degrees when we started that run. And so you get a little, you know, but there's so many people, and that's just it. We're, it. As horrible as that sounds, everybody there had a frozen smile on their face, and we're talking with one another. And, and if somebody had to pull over and walk, people are cheering them on. It's just this wonderful community that I think, you know, whether you're looking to break personal records or you just want to take up an hour of your time on a Saturday morning, this is going to be these are great opportunities to get out there and meet new great people in, in our community. So how can people find you? That's a, a big thing is how can people find run for your life? Absolutely. So right now it's all coming soon. If you try and go to the, the website domain, it's going to tell you coming soon, but it's no co run for life. The number four, uh, dot com 
or you can reach out to me. I'll be posting stuff out here on the uh, Facebook platform and designing. It's uh, the behind the scenes person just worked with our graphics person. And so the website, social media, everything will be live on the 10th. And that's where we're going to get that story put out there. And our first beneficiary is uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. And I think a lot of people's it's bounce animal rescue here in uh, Fort Collins is where they started. Um, but I know they have people and they have a far reach throughout the, the community and what they do, they're an animal rescue, um, primarily featuring dogs. I know they have other animals on there, but we have gotten all of our dogs um, through Annalise Clark over there. And she's always been nothing but super gracious with us. And they, they're no kill. They save these animals from shelters all across Southern United States and, and all over the world. And they find forever homes for them. And so they are doing something, like I said, that not only I love, but I know a lot of people can get behind and say, yeah, however we can help them. Um, the money that we're going to be able to help them with goes to a lot of the veterinary costs that they take on so that the folks who are adopting them, adopting these animals, don't have to take that all on. And we can get these animals into, into homes faster just by the help of uh, a little bit of donation. So Balance Animal Rescue is going to be featured, but we're also going to highlight all of the dog and cat rescues and humane societies here in Northern Colorado on the website, on our social media. And that's going to be beginning this January 10th, which is, like I said, is the, the one-year anniversary of the Back to Life. <laughs> so I, I have a couple questions for you. Um, as far as the financial stuff goes, is it something where somebody could donate just to add to the cause, or is it all raised through like event membership, or do you do like do you have teams that are raising money, or do they just pay their entry fee and then it goes to whoever the beneficiary is? Right. So with the races, your your registration fee part of mm -hmm. that money goes to the designated beneficiary of that particular race through us through the website and then through our social media pages uh through myself the business partner of the month and then the beneficiary all of those will lead to our website and then there's a direct uh there's a donate button that goes directly to uh in this case bounces donation page and very cool you can designate it as run for your life and that way they know where the money's coming from and like i said i'm going to match the first 55 dollar donations to the tune of $250 and then the community's $250, but at least $500 will go towards uh, balance for this month. And once you get a look at those pictures, you know, you might donate $5 or $10 and then you might come home with a new buddy that you're going to have for the next. <laughs> those little buggers are just so cute. So none of the money ever goes directly to run for your life. And it's not even so much about exposing run for your life. As it is, Run For Your Life is the conduit to get you to Bounce Animal Rescue. And that's on purpose. They're already doing a tremendous job with their fundraising. My whole purpose is not to replace them, but to champion them out in the public. And so the more people that can see it, like it, share it, reach out and donate that $5, uh, we can start to make a big difference. And I, I completely stole the idea from next on nine news with Kyle Clark, his Twitter account. They do Colorado giving campaigns all the time. I believe they just surpassed $2 million for the fires in, in Louisville and superior. They did. He's got a massive audience so he can do, he can do that. I'm going to make the same pledge that he does. And he's has a massive audience. I'm going to do it with a smaller audience, a more localized community we could take off and run with this and see how far it goes. And who knows if it takes off and we unintended thousands, <laughs> right? I mean, there's no bad side to this. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially you're, you're facilitating the ability of these smaller charities and, and, you know, groups that are doing really good in our community and, and exponentially highlighting them so that people really see it and you can make the most of what the community wants to give. I love that. Yeah, you summed it up perfectly there. It's that we're surrounded by people who are doing really great things that are humble and modest and would never do this themselves and talk about 
how great of people they are and how important and necessary the work that they do is. Yeah. So let's do it for them and, and bring them the funds and run in a good, you know, run for a good cause, even if it's a walk. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing is we might be making differences in people's lives who donate the money and then say, heck, I'll, I'll start a 5k. I've always wanted to get out there for you know, I just, I never had a good enough reason. And then if this is their first race and they turn into a lifelong health and they never know that it was our fault that they did it, but they did it anyways, <laughs> fantastic. We, we don't need the credit. We just want to be that inspiration and that spark to get people going. And it all, you know, it'll hit you in the face like a tire going down the interstate, but it happens. Right? And it's what you can do with it afterwards that, we have a chance to make a really big difference in our community and let's start exposing all of the awesome businesses and, and great causes that are out there. And that along with, you know, into that social media portion of it, many of your discussion topics, they're so heavy and they're, they're negative. They, they create this, this urge of, yeah, we got to fight and do this and it's okay to find the other side of the world that says these are the things that are inspiring us and they're just as easy to care about and just as easy to get passionate about i'd love to see my whole feed and everybody's feed have more of the this is the awesome of the world versus this is what's wrong with the world and we have you're gonna have to change some algorithms on that one just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so uh daniel moving forward um the the first thing i'd you know, with this project you're doing, um, how, how do you see this growing? Number one. And number two, what kind of support do you need from the communities other than of course, showing up to those things and, and participating and donating and and being passionate about it? Um, so the support I need is really just the conversations and reach out of who this might impact the most. Mm-hmm. I already have uh, almost the entire year's worth of beneficiaries lined up. Um, and I don't want to expose anybody just yet because I don't have a lot of concrete commitments, but everybody's pretty much on board. So I don't, wanna... but there are a lot of causes that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. And so exposing me to them, to those people who are, are the champions and the superheroes is a great way for us to keep this going beyond just the 12 months. Showing up to a race, if you show up and you want to run with me on a run for your life, on the run for your life team, um, in honor of whatever that is, you know, some some topics are dogs are easy for everybody to get behind. Um, uh, mental mental issues, women's issues, children's issues. They're not all going to be the heavy heartbreaker ones, but sometimes you are going to want to run for that cause. Come run on the team. We'll get you a little bit of, of swag or, or memorabilia that you can go out and start bringing, you know, show that to your other communities, your workplaces, your social circles, and they might want to give more. And that will just increase the amount, our financial impact on, um, on the world. I think that was the second part of your question. What was the first part of your question? Oh, I think just um, so as far as how you saw this growing and, and, and what your vision is going to look like. Yeah. I see this as your standard grassroots get out there for a good cause and and stick around and have a beer or breakfast or lunch or whatever it is and growing in the community um ideally i would love for this first race to have 10 people run with me for this cause and then by the time we run the sweaty sweater or whatever the december races the santa claus chase whatever it might be seeing 50 60 100 people show up as families and, and watching it grow in that kind of community, because if the community grows, the financial commitment will come. Mm-hmm. The community grows through individuals, then more businesses will want to get involved. And hopefully within a year or two's time, nobody even knows that it was Dan Schneider with country financial that started this. It is its own thing that's running itself. And people are, are reaching out to me to be a part of it versus me reaching out to them saying, hey, I've got this really neat concept. I want to see if you want to get on board. Yeah. Um, the community is already there. I've had conversations with the board, with the um, Fort Collins Running Club. I've talked to several members of the Trail Runners Clubs, and, and 
the people behind the different organizations that put on the races. And of course they're all as gracious as can be. And they all really support these ideas and just say, you know, however we can help, whatever we can do, we'll be there. And that's the sentiment that I've had shared across the board. So I foresee this being, you know, maybe not world changing, but definitely community impacting. I like it. Yeah, me too. That's pretty cool. I like it. And I know one thing that we can do with the podcast is that as long as you provide us with the races and what's coming up for each mm-hmm. month, the beginning of every month, we will announce what the run for your life race is and be able to promote that. So that way we can actually get it out there and hopefully add a few more runners and a few more donations to the cause of whatever that cause is for that particular month. That sounds great. And you know, Alex, in our friendship, as I've told you, when I'm talking to people about this, I do bring up this podcast specifically. And <laughs> looks I get on the meet, uh, it always gets that one eyebrow raised up as in, did you just, you know, what is that about? And I say, check it out. And I hear that you all just uh, expanding your platforms, maybe. So that's fantastic news. And so maybe more of the runners I find can find their way to this podcast and we can build a community that way too. Yeah. And over our little hiatus our two week hiatus, we finally got approval and we are on iHeartRadio now as well. So we are on all of the majors as far as Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio on 13 different platforms now. So pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can find the native and the transplant. Yep. Pretty cool. So great. And I hope I didn't ex- accidentally expose anything there. I think it's well-deserved yeah. and a long time coming. So I'm happy for the both of you and what you've put together here. And uh, couldn't be more grateful that you've given me some time to come on here and talk about it. I look forward to a monthly check-in. And once yeah. the uh, the website and all of that is settled, I'll definitely pass that along. And it'll be an easy way for us to all stay connected and really launch this off to become what I truly believe it can. That's awesome. And again, one more time, your website that's going live on Monday. It's going to be nocorunforlife.com. That's nocorun, the number four, life.com. Perfect. And then if anybody has any questions as far as insurance and, you know, with how they were moved by, you know, in case they were to catch a tire in the face going down I-25, which it can happen. Um, How should they reach out to you on the country financial side? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a whole nother story. I think you've had uh, other kind of country financial before, but um, if it's, if you're not in the right position, it's not difficult to get in the right position and protect yourself without taking all that money out of your bank account. I think that's what a lot of people are hesitant Mm -hmm. about. And so I'm happy to discuss any of that with with very little pressure at all, other than to do the right thing for yourself. You can reach me um, at uh, my email address, which is daniel.schneider at countryfinancial.com. Or you can call me on uh, uh, 970-372-3386. And finally, you can find me on Facebook. It's an easy way. Just direct message me, Daniel Schneider, Country Financial. I'm there. And you'll probably see some pictures of me running and, breathing for dear life as I (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome that is awesome so yeah if you have any questions definitely reach out to Daniel Schneider with Country Financial Uh, questions whether it be your financial health uh, or being able to get back into some running and some races and different things and I think I've already committed to you that in May I'm going to be running a race with you which I've got I had to give myself a couple of months to be able to train (laughs) Um, because I'm I'm not exactly the smallest guy in the room but it works out great on the rugby pitch but not so much when you're talking long distance running yes i will hold signs and cheer you on (laughs) (laughs) may is going to be such a great month there's so many great opportunities and i'm really looking forward to stillwater ranch um being a part of that so by that time this will be a a well-oiled machine and, and running smoothly so really really looking forward to it Awesome. Well, Dan, you thank thank you for being on and for sharing your story with us with everything that that transpired through the last year and really how it it changed your life and how you're looking to change other people's life moving forward. 
thank you both very much for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Awesome. It's amazing how a tragedy can turn into a, a brilliant idea and, and can actually be a force for change. And I, I'm excited to be able to help out Daniel um, in the coming months and over the coming year to be able to help support Run for Your Life and be able to get some notoriety out there. And as, as far as just let any of our listeners know with some of the races that are coming up. So I'm excited for what he's doing. I think it's going to be really cool. I, 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 the, the most poignant thing about his interview was his passion to really enact change on a community and a local level and to be driven to do that because of, of course, what he went through, but to take this horrible experience and just say, you know what? I can do better. I think that's amazing. Absolutely. So that is one thing that we're going to be doing from on kind of the start of every month is just announcing what is going to be the, the run for your life race. Who is, who's it's going to be, who, who it's going to be supporting and then also the people involved with it. So yeah. I'm, I'm encouraged and looking forward to, to helping Daniel out uh, with this endeavor throughout the year. I am too. I am too. All right. Well, should we get to beer of the week? I think we should. It's time for beer of the week. All right. Okay. So, um, this week we have a couple different ones from Tommy Knocker, Tommy Knocker, Mountain Town Craft Beer. Um, so Tommy Knocker is actually located in Idaho Springs. Um, which is just up the mountain from us. I don't know about you, but we always stopped in Idaho Springs to hit up Bojo's on the way down from skiing. And, um, it's a cool little city down there. Yeah, I like what they uh, talk about. So Tommy Knocker slipped into the mining camps of Idaho Springs in the 1800s with the discovery of gold in our mountains and streams. These mischievous elves, though hardly ever seen, were often heard singing and working. They guided many fortunate miners from harm's way and to the gold that they sought. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. That's kind of fun. All right. So the first one we gave a try today was the Palisade uh, Peach Wood Ale, and it is a cream ale aged on peach wood shavings. It is a 4.5% alcohol by volume with IBU of 22, and actually, bonus, crafted to remove gluten. Huh. Yeah, I didn't even didn't even see that when I picked it out. I like that. Yeah. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. It's... um. I'm not a big fruity beer person because so many of the fruity beers, they have that, that chemical aftertaste or that just artificial aftertaste. That's just kind of, I don't know. It's, it ruins the flavor of the beer. Yeah. Or that punch you in the face sweetness. Yes. And that artificial sweetness. This one is just very mellow, I guess would be the, the proper way of saying it. Yeah. But not mellow in a boring way. Just clean and, and it's got a good peach kind of, and it's probably because it was done over the, the wood on the peach wood shavings, but yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I like this one. So that mm. one's, that one's definitely not bad and it's not a, a punch you in the face fruit beer. Well, you I know, like. that's kind of my argument against sours in some situations <laughs> Yeah, is, you know, it's got a great flavor to it, but you just have that pucker where your mouth tightens up and you just, it's so sour that it defeats the purpose of it being yeah i'm not i'm not wanting to uh, drink a beer and have a warhead challenge precisely yeah <laughs> yeah i mean don't get me wrong there are some sours that i really enjoy but i don't need it to punch me in the face and, and be so and pungent is probably the right word for it but so pungent that you just can't even really taste anything else afterwards got it yeah got it and then the other one that we had is the Imperial Nut Brown Ale. So and this is a, a big boy. It's a 9% alcohol by volume, and it's a 57 IBU. I enjoy this one. This one's really good. <laughs> you know what? It's with the snow on the ground, with the cold weather, it, it is the perfect beer to just curl up under a blanket in front of the fire, read a book, watch a movie, that yeah. sort of stuff. That's that's what I took away from this beer. Same here. It's really creamy. It's got a smooth finish to it. It's it's not particularly heavy, but it gives you that, like you said, that kind of warmth to it. And, you know, even it's obviously a cold beer, but sitting in front of a fire, it's well, incredible. It, it almost has kind of a toasted marshmallow s'more type. A little bit. <laughs> 
effervescence from it. Or yeah. Effervescence. Eff- sorry. Effervescence? Effervescence. Almost the band. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> music. No, this one's really good. Um, and actually, you know, a lot of times when we do two totally different kind of beers, you'll have one and you'll taste it and then you can't even really taste the second one. By yeah. the t- and you have to drink half of it before you even can really get a good feel of what the beer is about. And both of these really nicely balanced and not overwhelming, but good beers. Yeah, I would agree with that. Awesome. Awesome. So, well, as we wrap this up, we definitely want to thank Daniel Schneider again for being on the podcast. And I applaud you for what you've been through and with where you're going now. And I look forward to being able to help you as much as we can throughout the year and into the future with, uh, with run for your life. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for letting us be a part of that. So perfect. Well, as always, I'm your native Alex Johnson and I'm your transplant, Jen Bryant. We'll see you next week. Take care. (laughs) 